Hey, what's up, guys? This is uh, Anthony. I'm here with Corey, and we just wrapped up uh, the second episode of the first Equity Funding Real Estate Podcast. And, uh, you know, as, as promised, we brought you our first guest on the show, Andrew Hurley from RMS Title. And, Corey, what would you think? I thought we, we provided a lot of value in that episode. Yeah, it's like a, what, 30, 35-minute episode? But there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of good content, a little more fun. Um, you know, having a guest in here, you joke around a little bit. Yeah, That's we, what we, we try about. to keep it loose a little yeah. bit. And you know, Andrew's a uh, he's a title salesman for RMS Title out of Lakehurst, New Jersey, in uh, in Ocean County, uh, serving the whole state. And uh, you know, he he brought some really good insight, I thought, to you know what title is, and you know maybe some of the more complex issues that investors face that maybe they're not as familiar with. Yeah, and and uh, keep like going forward, and especially with this episode, and just having like different professionals because you know we deal with the finance side all day. You know, he deals with the title side all day. So you see things that, um, you know, that he sees things that we don't see. You know, even yeah. though we run in title issues, we solve them, you know, whatever. But, you know, he's done what, you mentioned 200 different, you know, deals already. So he's seen uh, quite a few different scenarios. And most investors have a, you know, working knowledge of what title insurance is. And this kind of gets a little bit more granular and, you know, kind of opens up like some of the specific issues. So I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was good. Um, we had a couple laughs, which was good. And, you know, like I said, we try to keep it light and conversational instead of this like strict, you know, interview style. I think it, it's a little bit of a better format. So yeah. I thought it was a pretty good episode. Yeah. So uh, enjoy the show. Tell us what you think. If you have any questions, I'm sure we'll have them on again. So if there's something you want us to ask them, you know, we'll, we don't, we'll save it for the next one. Yeah. And if, if you're uh, going to watch the video, please subscribe on YouTube. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, leave us a comment. Let us know. And uh, we'll like it. Share it. Help us out. <laughs> oh, is it really? Oh yeah. man, I'm yeah, it, man. you are. Oh man, yeah. So, all right, we'll jump. We'll jump right into it. But uh, yeah, welcome to the second episode of the First Equity Funding Real Estate Podcast. And as promised, I think Corey, we mentioned last video, uh, we'd have our our first guest on this week. And um, without further ado, we have Andrew Hurley from RMS Title. Thanks, guys. I'm, yeah. I'm very um, honored to be your guys' first guest here, man. I'm- welcome. Wow. Now, depending great. how this goes, you might be first and last, and we'll never hear another episode again. But uh, I'll do my best not to uh, not to ruin anything here. So, so do you want to just tell everybody a little bit about what you do, where you work, and um... yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my name is Andrew Hurley. I do sales for RMS Title and Appraisal. Um, in terms of the investor world, I work very closely with these guys. Uh, great hard money lender throughout the uh, that I deal with throughout the state, but I know you guys are nationwide. Um, so on a day-to-day basis, I'm on the road, uh, in the office, depending upon what's going on for the daily activities. But, uh, my main job is to try to uh, solicit title throughout the state, um, from the retail side to the investor world. So we do a lot of events and, uh, we'll be down at the NBA as well. So, uh, yeah, depending on when you're listening to this, um, if we can get it out in time, um, the NBA conference is, uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association, uh, their annual conference down in Atlantic City. So, so we'll be down there, uh, on Wednesday, the 20... What is it? The twenty eighth, which is yeah. tomorrow. But I think the convention is what from today up until Friday, Saturday. Tonight, uh, tonight actually is the uh, the I think they do the commercial setup tonight, and then mm-hmm. tomorrow is the, the floor. Uh, I believe Thursday. I, I think Thursday they have um, they have some um, like classes or thing on uh, in the afternoon uh, up to the afternoon. But so there, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, so it's all weekend. Which, so. which by the way, if uh, if you're wanting to get into real estate investing, like Atlantic City is always you know there's what like. Six a year that are pretty good. 
Probably there's a couple like between really good ones. between multifamily, between the realtors, between the mortgage bankers association. Um, some of the builder shows are down in Atlantic City. Um, no matter what what aspect of real estate you're in, um, yeah. there's probably a convention down there that's relevant. And it's a great Absolutely. way to meet some you know professionals to start building your team. Yeah, so, definitely. And, and it's a wide it's a wide array of professionals too. So. You're going to be able to put your team together, whether you're an investor or a realtor, a new realtor, uh, the triple play. Uh, I think they had 750 uh, vendors at it this year. And yeah. it's in December. I think it was like December 4th or the 7th. So uh, any of these conventions down there, you're going to, you're not going to have some fun because you get to meet your clients or potential clients or, um, or even competitors on a, on a friendly level. And, you know, you kind of see, yeah, the, that's right. See the brighter side of, uh, people instead of the business side, you know? And before we hit record, you mentioned something interesting is that sometimes the most value is not in getting a booth or any formal thing there, but just walking around and meeting people who are walking down the aisles. Right. A absolutely. I, I think, you know, especially for anyone that's a novice in the real estate world or a new in their respective professionals in, in real estate, you're, it's not only just getting a booth and having people come to your booth, it's walking the floors and not being afraid to just go up to the vendors. Whether you go down there specifically as a realtor and you're looking to find a hard money lender because you're breaking into the investing world um, or you're or you're an investor looking to find unique lending options, you're going to get value out of the, boot, the booths themselves. Mm -hmm. But the people you're going to meet just walking the floor and you know, when you take a take a phone break or a coffee break and you're meeting people out in the hallway, you know, that's where my relationships have developed from these uh, events over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's, everybody has these weird stories and it's always like, that's always how it happens, right? The the person you meet, you know, in the bathroom or something like that when you're washing your hands is the guy who ended up having a deal and you guys ended up working together or something. So my, my first big, actually my first deal I closed here is relatively a bigger deal. Um, came from a private lender that I accidentally talked to. Like, I didn't mean to talk to her because I didn't read her name tag. I, I shook her hand. I looked down. And she actually had nothing but bad things to say about hard money lenders when I first met her. And we got to talking. And she ended up being nice. And then she referred a deal, which, you know, was my first deal here. So go figure. The accidental conversation I had. And everyone thinks, like, oh, that just happened one time. That just, that just happened to me. Everyone's got stories like that. So, oh, yeah. you know, going to these types of networking events or conventions, I think, um, I don't know, you, you probably would agree there's a lot of value to be had there. Oh, absolutely. And, and for someone like me who started uh, just about a year and a half ago, um, I came from a golf background to doing title insurance and, you know, you can be, if, if you have some personality or confidence in talking to anybody, you can really develop any kind of relationship. So going down to those events, you're going to, you're going to meet newbies in general. You're going to meet some of the most sophisticated business men and women in, in the real estate industry. And if you just have some confidence, go up, talk to people, you're going to develop those relationships. So you never, like, like Corey just said, you're going to get those deals from the, uh, the random meetings and things yeah, like that. Which, so. which, by the way, I didn't know this until recently, but you're a pro golfer. I, I used to be. I used to be a golf pro. There's a big difference between a golf pro and a pro golfer. So oh, okay. <laughs> not, I was never like uh, I was never Tiger Woods status, but uh, I used to play in the local scene. I was actually an assistant at Pine Barrens Golf Club and also at Adios Golf Club down in down in <clears throat> Coconut Creek, Florida. Excuse me. Um, so that was, that was a good time going back. All right. You could, you could tell everybody what your handicap was. Yeah. I mean, I used to be, <laughs> what I used, handicap? Right? I used to be good. Not anymore though. So, uh, used to be good. So is it fair to say you're a scratch golfer or you're better I, than scratch? I'm still, than... I'm still maintaining actually a, a scratch handicap. I, I finished the year last year to plus one. So I was playing some good golf. So this year I'm going to try to main, maintain it, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult with, uh, some, uh, Things going Probably on. most impressive about that is he made a plus plus one handicap, and that includes a stopping the car girl every time she came around, <laughs> and he was still a plus one handicap. I don't know how that happened, but 
that uh, oh, that's listen, pretty impressive. Listen, John Daly is my biggest in, you know influence. <laughs> in the game, so. um, yeah, you know, it's I mean, everyone you know, he's, everyone plays better in their certain environments. So you know, and I guess that's uh, I don't mind uh, having a, a fruit punch or two when uh, we're out there. Fair enough. So, you know, so let's let's back up a little bit because. I know one one thing that I was always thinking about when I got into real estate, when it comes to title insurance, way back when, I had no idea what it was. Like, I knew you kind of needed it to make sure you were the rightful owner of the property, but for some reason, for newer investors, the idea of title and title insurance, and Corey, maybe, I don't know if you agree with me, that it's just very confusing, it's kind of mysterious, like, what is it, what are they doing, why do I need this? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, to be honest with you, it's funny. Um, you know, a year and a half ago, you know, not to harp back on the golf, but I, I really, I, I wasn't in the real estate world, and and I and talking about the one off referral, I actually got my job through Facebook. My my boss, who uh, you know, who owns RMS, Rich DeMonico, uh, he's a member of the club I worked at, and um, he put he put something on Facebook just, and and I want to uh, respond to him looking to get out of the golf world, so. So talk about the one-off referral, just to go back to that real quick. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's amazing how things happen. But the point I'm trying to make is I legitimately didn't know much about real estate. Um, I didn't know anything about title insurance uh, that into the depth that I know now from dealing with, you know, every uh, facet of, of the uh, real estate world. Um, the easiest way to simplify title insurance is that we, a title insurance company is insuring not, not, the future of the of the property, such as a homeowner's policy would do, any property casualty company would do, we're we're insuring the property from the day you purchase the property to the past. So we're making sure that there's nothing, there's no liens or judgments on the property. Um, that could be anything if if anything was filed incorrectly, any errors that were are unknown. So we're we're going to insure the property from the day you purchase it at closing and and rectify any issues if if any in the past and issue you a policy that if anything did come up, that there was anything that was filed incorrectly or there's anyone that had uh, rightful ownership of the property that may have been missed through recordings in the past, we are then going to you know, issue a policy that if something like that happened, we're gonna cover you on that. Um, and we'd be the ones responsible for um, for any issues that arise in that, in that nature. Now, being that we typically work with investors and investment properties, and a lot of these properties are in bad condition, or they just change hands more times, it seems like. Is it? Do you find that working with investors, there's a lot more title issues typically than maybe some, you know, maybe a 20-year-old single-family home that only had one owner? Absolutely, because when you're talking about investors, obviously you're trying to get your property at the cheapest point possible, and and you know, at the highest ARV and make your most amount of money. Um, so you're going to, you're going to go through the foreclosure process, short sale process. Um, uh, you know, obviously sheriff, uh, sheriff sales and, and there's also going to be, you know, on any auction.com websites, things like that. There are going to be more issues involved, uh, in the title aspect of it. Um, so there's a little bit more in-depth work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would say there's a lot of great title companies out there. I know I can absolutely, uh, tell you that the power legal team we have behind us uh, is fantastic at RMS and we work very close with uh, investors. Um, and I think the best thing to do too is there's a lot of uh, Title 101 seminars out there and there's also a lot of, I mean, podcasts on, on plenty of very reputable title companies. For investors, don't be afraid to jump on Facebook, Instagram, and take a peek at what you can expect with title insurance and how and any of the issues that can arise. Um, 
from from uh, in, in properties that would be considered sure. investments, you know. Now, I had investors that bought properties cash and they're coming to us to refinance mm -hmm. and not to like, you know, insult any investors, but do you think it's like foolish to not have, because they'll say, I'll say, you know, do you have your, your title insurance? They say, well, what's title insurance? Absolutely. You definitely don't want to, you, you, you want to have a title policy once you make the purchase. No matter if you're purchasing cash, uh, use hard money, any kind of loan, you definitely want to have a title insurance policy uh, when you purchase the property. Because if you don't and something arises in that minimal time that they come back to you to refinance, they're going to be the ones individually on the hook as opposed to the title company. Sure. I know it sounds small window of time and why wouldn't have anything happened to the property years in the past. But you never know what's going on. You never know if there. I've been in a situation actually where there was an unknown heir to the property that maybe they're looking for the right time to, you know, who knows what's going on. And when it changes hands, maybe that's a time to transfer to the title. And they're saying, all right, this is my opportunity. Or, you know, I don't want to speak ill. There's no, you know, I'm not saying there's people out there like that, but God forbid there's a situation like that. And you're an investor that, yeah. you know, this is my living, whether it's passive income or full time. You know, you don't want to put up one hundred fifty thousand dollars cash and then lose the property, and you're the and lose that one hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars. So you absolutely want to acquire a title policy once you make the purchase. Yeah. Um. And then when you refinance, you do have to unfortunately get title insurance again, which is required by the by the state in the regard of refinance. And also, mo most lenders, I, I'd say anyone that I've ever dealt with, I'm pretty certain that. Throughout the country, there's probably 99 percent of lenders are going to require a lender's policy in the title. Which you, you, as a title company, you should be made aware that it's a refinance, right? Because I ran into that issue one time with it. Correct. You do. You do want to make make sure it is a refinance. Um, different things just come come about between the purchase and the refi. So just yeah. want to make the make the uh, title company aware it's a refi. Um, and um, you know, just any any information you can provide. So uh, your term sheet and uh, especially with investors, the LLC information. Yeah. In terms of refinance, send that over to us. We'll be able to do the policy in in, uh, in a few business days, uh, usually about three to four business days, and um, we and we'll also we do the closing. So we'll be we'll we'll do the closing anywhere, especially on a refi. We can we can travel anywhere. And, and a, Andrew loves to drive, so if, yeah. if you're working with Andrew, make sure I, you send him to Sussex County, New Jersey, sounds or great. Cape May, or both in the same day. I, I've <laughs> I've done it before, so you know. Listen, anything to help out you two guys, I'm in. So anything I can add value to, but. Uh, Yes, that's the other thing too that, that I do as well. I should have mentioned before is that especially with investors where you want to try to develop your relationship just like you guys are trying to do multiple deals with investors on a yearly basis that are going to produce multiple uh, deals. Um, I try to be out at the closings as much as I can so that I can at least right. be around there. Because if I'm not there, you know, there's always going to be another title company around the corner. You know? Sure. So. One thing I found that's, that's really interesting is um, in the hard money space, these deals are compressed from what might normally be a 90-day time frame, right, for a conventional purchase down to like three weeks sometimes or two mm -hmm. weeks or whatever the case is. And obviously, we have to do things much faster, and so we rely on our partners, like our title agents, to do things faster. And um, it's amazing that once you work with somebody who's reputable and somebody who kind of understands hard money and somebody who understands investment loans and working with investors – you know, when we have a, an experienced borrower, an experienced lender, experienced title company, how smooth the process can actually be, even though we're doing everything in 10 days or 14 days or whatever the case is. Yeah. Which actually I might have a, an investor, you know, for you, I, you know, obviously I, re I refer in my follow-up email, you know, my email to send them what we need and everything um, to you. 
but he's actually on his, I think, a second, third title company because both they're just not familiar with investors. So they're familiar with doing the whole 60-day, 90-day process, mm-hmm. not the fast two weeks. And it's just, you know, can, can, can you Can you speak to that a little bit? Like, are some title companies yeah. better for, like, a first-time home buyer? And they just what, – like, what are they missing that makes them not great to work with for an investor who needs to go quick? Well, the one thing, too, is when, you, when you're an investor, you're just trying to make sure there's free and clear title. You need to have an experienced paralegal team behind in the, in the back office yeah. that their faces might not be out there, but they are literally the glue behind the company. Um, I feel like we, our team, our, it's, we call it our ladies behind the scenes right now are literally, um, the best, um, from the examination to the paralegal, to the closing, um, you know, you, you really, for an efficient closing, you want to make sure in terms of these investment properties, again, going back to, there's going to be more potential liens and there are going to be potential liens, uh, more, more liens on the property, excuse me, that need to be rectified, whether it's, um, as simple as, um, uh, not, I don't mean to make it simple, but if there's whether it's tax liens to an individual lien that's put on the property from child support or anything of that nature, you need to have an experienced team behind you to get these rectified to go to closing with. Right. There's going to be a lot of title companies out there that whether they're too busy or don't have the experienced personnel that know how to work with, um, you know, the you know work with rectifying these issues. The retail side of title insurance is a little bit more smooth. Um, you know, we require the lender's information, the attorney's information, and the contract. And you know, it's not as simple as one, two, three, because you are clean. You are making sure the property's free and clear. Right. But again, back to the investor world. You know, you're you're talking about you know trying to find these beat down old properties that may not have had taxes paid on them for years. And you know, that's why there's need some experience behind the uh, the sure. closing team. And and you're going back what, like seventy years? So uh, six sixty years. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and to be honest with you, just to kind of touch on these points is that the best thing an investor can do is do as much preliminary work as possible to make sure that they're not getting themselves into an investment that they're so much involved in. It's going to, you know, that they're going to want to get out of the, out of the deal as fast as possible. So, you know, making sure that you do as much due diligence on the property as you can before actually, you know, in your, in your due diligence period, um make sure as an investor that you know whether it's maybe even doing a preliminary search for the title company or using outlets on county searches to to verify information on the property um you know go into the property check trying to check it out from the from as legal of a standpoint as you can just looking at it from the street or whatever maybe right um you know just the due diligence factor is very important disclaimer disclaimer on the street, yeah. <laughs> on the street yeah don't go knocking on no, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so uh, one one thing that we lend on a lot is people who are buying properties at sheriff sales. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, that can be a nightmare for title, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, do you do that sort of thing? I mean, can you work with people who are buying at sheriff sale? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So the one thing at sheriff sale is um, on the foreclosure process, one thing that d- does delay, delay the actual binder being... Um, out to the investors or the attorney or the or the lender is a chancery abstract needs to be done. Uh, essentially, the chancery abstract is another po- um, is another review of the foreclosure process, making sure everything was documented correctly and done correctly to file the foreclosure. Um, those generally do take a little bit extra time to come back, anywhere from five to almost ten business days, uh, depending upon the complexity of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are very experienced in closing deals from sheriff. Uh, we have a couple of sheriff uh, um, 
investors that have actually been with RMS for years um, that my uh, my direct supervisors uh, been uh, you know Jen Cunningham has been dealing with so um, we do we deal a lot with investors we deal a lot with sheriff and uh, it's in terms of complexity it's just it's just a little bit longer because of the, the chancery abstract. So just to be clear, the chancery abstract is basically a search that makes sure the foreclosure process was done the right way. Correct. So nothing Correct. was missed. Correct. So that's just another layer on top of what you're already searching. Kind of? Absolutely. So instead of just going back and doing the searches uh, on the individual and the property itself, we also will do the searches on the foreclosure as well, just making sure that everything was done proper and and uh and again it's just ensuring the investor the new buyer that your property is free and clear of title um so that when you do purchase it and begin your renovation process it's not it's not chipping away at percentages of your uh profit because obviously you guys work with tight margins in terms of arv compared to the rental costs and anything that comes in miscellaneously is uh is going to affect the the value right that, off the bottom right, line, off the, right? right off the bottom line so um so yeah so that's the main the main thing is just the time is just making sure that the binder's done correct and uh just just making sure that you allow yourself a little bit of time to get the chancery back right and and you actually uh the title company actually physically goes down to the sheriff's office with the check with the 80 percent balance that we you know wired to title and you actually go down there physically i've done that before yeah. <laughs> i've done that before um i i don't mind doing it uh, especially you know if it's a day in the office you know i'm about my we do uh, a lot of a lot of work in mom county so we're, you know the office is only uh you know about 25 minutes from my office in ocean county uh courthouse tom's river is about 10 so i don't mind when when the investors pay their 20 percent at the at the deal itself and uh, we get everything taken care of, and, and you guys, First Equity is funding the, the rest of the acquisition. We'll get the pro. We'll, excuse me. We'll get the wire, and then uh, we'll get the we'll get the uh, we'll get we'll get it to the uh, courthouse in hand, accordingly. right? So in this right hand, usually right hand, right there. There you go. Hand it over. Never so. washes it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the money. <laughs> so, and that's um. Uh, I don't know if, if this was totally related, but I think we worked on a deal where you might have done a chancery abstract for me in like like a really quick turnaround. We did. There was a I remember the deal it was probably actually in the fall last year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um I know there was a, there was an issue with uh um one of the buyers actually didn't acquire a title policy. I think Corey had alluded to that before. That's right. That that's what it was. He yeah, did not the acquire buyer, the he buyer didn't get didn't, title. Yeah, the buyer didn't have a title policy and I believe was trying to actually do a refi with you guys. Correct. Um, we caught it. I mean, it's, we caught it during the examination period, and I know that you guys had a tight window to close on it. So we actually did do a rush on a chancery. Uh, fortunately, one of our one of our searchers was able to have it done, and and uh, we had it back the next business day. Um, it's not something that we typically do, and it's got a, all the stars out to line for it. Right. So we're not we're not advertising that you can do that. But correct, the point is correct, that I don't correct. know that any other title company was getting that done. In that way, yeah, or it was in that a, time frame, that was a unique deal with the, um, you know, I think um, it was a great, it was a great deal too. I think there was a great, uh, great ARV on that one. Too. And, and unfortunately, if we didn't get it done that day, the deal was was going to be dead. Yeah, it was and so be dead. we got it done, and um, the borrower had a great deal on his hands. And uh, yeah, and uh, and and that was that goes to another case too, where in terms of, uh, you know, the situation like this is where investors, you know, really really want to make sure that their due diligence is done. Um, I, you know, title insurance and attorneys are very important and I wouldn't want to cut the, cut the cost anywhere in those, in those 
you know, areas. Um, and in that situation specifically, there was actually not a title policy acquired with the purchase. Um, so we tech, we actually, instead of doing the refi, we actually technically did the purchase. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, um, but yeah, we did have it done in, um, I think it overall after we figured out we had it done in three days, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So can we just, is it fair to say and go on record that whenever you buy a property cash or with financing, you should always get a title policy? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Uh, lenders themselves are going to require the lender's policy. Um, and honestly, why you right. want to pay for the, you have to pay for the lender's policy regardless. Um, so why you wouldn't want to obtain the owner's policy of the title as well. Um, you know, it, it protects you. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have, if, if your title company insures the property, it's another set of eyes that make sure that the property is worth your time and value. And it also is protecting you from any issues that may arise. So no and, doubt it's definitely a, a necessity. Yeah. And, and it costs what, like a general rule of thumb is like 1% of the, the property value or? i mean it's it's good if you if you're doing a quick budgeting on it that i i would never say use that as etched in stone right. what i would do though honestly is if you go to our website actually rmsta.com we actually have a title calculator on there it breaks down all the costs that that are involved with your title policy all the fees associated with it the recording fees after you know between your mortgage and deed that when we're done um so it has a, it has a full breakdown of the full policy and it's as simple as literally just putting in the sale price the mortgage amount and if there's a previous mortgage amount on the property so that we're paying you know that we're going to pay off yeah with, with that one, one thing that's really good to know is that unlike lending where we can earn business both on service which i think we do a great job on and also the product itself because we can adjust terms and things like that and be as competitive as possible title uh, which i learned from you you know uh, a few months back is it's pretty heavily regulated so generally speaking the price isn't going to vary too much depending on where you go so really what you're shopping is who's going to get this done for you who's going to work quickly who's going to be responsive and that's like the biggest difference because i could tell you just in our position Corey, we work with so many different title companies that the, it's night and day between good, the good ones and the bad ones. And some bad ones can kill deals and good ones make deals that maybe we're going to die otherwise. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, excuse me. Um, in, in terms of killing deals, though, some, some good title companies might kill deals too, though, making sure that we're protecting. In a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, absolutely in a good way. So, well, And I was going to say, like, even if it was 1.5% of the, the – property value I mean, that's some worst case scenario that's protecting you from losing that property you know, well absolutely and the one thing too is that it is state regulated so the main thing that for a title insurance company is that if you develop the relationship you trust them they they appreciate you mm -hmm. as a valued client um that, that's the relationship you're looking for in title because again it is everything is regulated by the dobi the department of banking insurance so so we're not cutting deals on you know, premium, there's no, there's no discounts on title insurance. It's all relationship based and trust. So if you are an experienced investor or a novice investor, I should say too, you want to develop that trust factor with a company that knows they're going sure. to get your deal to the closing table as well as a lender. And it, it, the lender, the investor needs to start the process, the lender and the title company from there and the attorney, the four all need to be a cohesive unit. And when you have that relationship with those three respective occupations from the investments, the investor standpoint, you're, you've, you've set your team and you should stick with that team. And uh, if you don't have that relationship with any one of those three, I think you really need to, to make sure you can get that reliable lender or title company. So, um, and, and attorney, and you, and you don't want to just pick any attorney either because you want to make sure that they are real estate based and also are familiar with the, 
investment side. So what you just said is key, real estate based. Absolutely. Yeah. There's I'm doing a deal as we speak and the seller that I'm buying the property from is using a divorce attorney. And it's it's made the process <laughs> so long and drawn out for a very simple deal. And um, if it if it wasn't if it was different circumstances, it might have adversely affected the deal. But you know we're working through it. But to your point, you got to have that team in place. And once you find people who you trust and you can work with and who are responsive, I think um, it just serves you serves you the best. Absolutely. I, I think from that, from the one thing I would just say in general, from what you had just said there too, is from the investor or even any real estate purchaser. I, you don't. I don't think you want to cut costs at the attorney side if you you know if you don't have to. Think about the percentage of what it's going to eat at your profit, as opposed to, especially if you have a good real estate attorney going to bat for you on a lot of issues, then they get rectified and you maximize your profit. Um, you talk about you're talking about spending a thousand dollars for someone that's going to make you that much more. So weighing your opportunity costs with attorneys and good title companies and good lenders is is it's invaluable to the process right if you so. want to if you want to save some money maybe you know you do quartz versus granite versus formica you're not doing it on attorneys and title companies exactly. you, you know what i mean you don't want to do that and then and honestly you know it's just like and from the lending aspect of trying any company whether it's conventional or hard money that you're trying to find the best rate i mean think about any contractors that people have used or any attorneys in the process you've used the cheaper, the maybe less quality you're getting. So in you some know. cases, you get what you pay for. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and having a professional, because like, I was having this conversation somewhat recently with someone, you know, doing their taxes, and they were like astonished that I paid two hundred fifty bucks to do my taxes. I'm like, yeah, but they're saving me like ten times, you know, plus, you know, more than two hundred fifty bucks. It's more than worth it to have a professional to have your cousin do it. Who, yeah. you know, is whatever. Because they just, they just, they've been in the business for a long time. They're reputable. You know, they know the laws. They know the ins and outs. Same thing with a, a good attorney. They're going to know what to look for, and you know, what, what's just garbage. So something really interesting that I've found in this business, from a lending perspective, is that the people who try to beat us up on rate and term, generally speaking, are newer investors who are very price sensitive. Um, you know, obviously, every deal we do with somebody, we get more aggressive with leverage, with rate, with points, and all that sort of thing. But the experienced investors who we've done 10, 15 deals with, they, it's already baked into their numbers. They know what the cost of their financing is. They know what, what title is going to cost and attorneys are going to cost, and they have their numbers done. And they're not, they don't beat you up over whatever. You know what I mean? And it's it's really um, the newer investor who who is a little bit more cost conscious. So I think if you, it's really just a change in your mindset, right? You have to realize what you're paying for and why you're paying that. And, you know, to work with a good lender, a good title company and a good attorney, we can't stress that enough. It's like that, that's worth its weight in gold. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, I think the biggest miscue of anyone um, that I've dealt with from the, the newer side, who I, I really relate to because I still consider myself a a novice in the title world, um, you know, compared to a lot of, compared to my office, especially, um, you know, is I see miscalculating costs, um, whether it's holding costs or, um, or, or trying to cut corners and not using an attorney or using the seller's title company and from all, you know, from various websites and things like that. Um, I really think the stress to, to stress a, a really key factor is just, we're, I'm being redundant. We've talked about it a couple of times. Is make sure you develop your team and yeah. and 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 don't look to cut corners on things that really are going to in the long run save you. Um, and not just on one deal, but you develop that relationship in, on multiple deals. Yeah, so. real real estate's a team sport for sure. Absolutely, and uh, you have to approach it that way. No, and no question. Just like with health insurance, uh, you know, better hope that you never have to use your title insurance. 
But at the end of the day, if you have to, you know, it, it's it's like crucial to have that there that, to know that it was done right. Yeah, I got I got to say, Corey's been calling some really good analogies. You know, over the last uh, <laughs> the last few uh, the accountant I, with the time of the year, that's it. The accountant, so <laughs> that's it. Kid's on a roll right now. So speaking of which, uh, yeah, we get I got to get my taxes done. There you go. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, so I know you mentioned a little bit before we um, got on air that um, obviously RMS does appraisals also. Um, we do. Do you want to touch on that side of the business a little bit? Yeah, from the investment standpoint as well uh, with appraisals, um, I personally do sales for the title company and do try uh, do minimal sales for the appraisal company. However, um, from my experience, especially with dealing with investors, um, in terms of doing an AR, we specialize in doing ARV appraisals uh, after repair value appraisals. The main thing to be prepared for the when the uh, when when our appraiser comes in for the inspection is just really ha- you really got to have a good scope of work. Um, I suggest being contractor approved just so that especially for for a new investor so that you can really iron out your your budget and make sure that the deal is going to be worth it from the yeah. improvements you're gonna. And let's just back up a little bit. So from a lending perspective, uh, when somebody's borrowing money from First Equity. Um, you're not picking your own appraiser. We 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 take care of that. Um, now it very it may well be RMS who's doing your appraisal, depending on geographically where your property is located. And RMS does a great job for us. Um, but we keep a some distance between the the lender and the appraiser and the borrower and the appraiser just to make sure things stay objective. Correct. Now whether it's RMS doing the appraisal or somebody else doing the appraisal, when that appraiser actually meets you at the property to do it, that's kind of where what you're talking about comes in. Yep. Um, having your scope of work, you know, laid out in a, an itemized, very clear and detailed uh, list. Absolutely, and and, and that's just going to make the 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 uh, process more transparent, so that we can really provide you the, the with the comps and and the scope of work. We can really provide you with the the most ideal ARV, so that it it not only enhances your belief in the property, but it also makes the you know you guys need the property to appraise to to issue the loan. So the more prepared you are and the more due diligence you do, not just acquiring the property, but when you do acquire the property, the due diligence to get everything done is just, you know, if you're, even if, whether it's your first deal or a hundred deal, you just, you know, need to focus in. And A lot of investors forget that we're lending based on, you know, not only the as-is value to an extent, but, but really mostly the after repair value. And sometimes they'll give us a scope of work that's just like one number. Oh, I'm going to spend $45,000 on a renovation. What does that mean? I mean, that, that can mean a million different things. Mm-hmm. And considering the ARV is one of the most important numbers that we have to figure out, you really have to take your time and get that done correctly so right. that, that the appraiser can do his job properly and get you a very objective and, and accurate uh, value. And sometimes it makes all the difference in, in the property and what it's going to be worth. You know, I was speaking to an appraiser the other day you know, about something he's working on, and he was saying how that area has, um, you know, all finished basements, you know, and, and like that can be a ten thousand dollar difference in the after repair value because if they're not in line with all the properties around i mean was the other properties can go before your property goes you know or any other investors right right so like the scope of work and what you're doing to the property whether maybe you're putting central air in and all that air, everything in the area has central air except for your property um you know that can raise the value so i mean there's just um it's very important to have a good scope of work to, to so the appraiser detail. knows what exactly is being done now if somebody owns their property there's no financing on it and they just want an appraisal just to maybe know what it's worth or if they're going to get ready to sell it and they're trying to figure out pricing, mm-hmm. they can reach out to RMS directly and order an appraisal? Yes. So we, we are a private appraisal company. Um, so anybody that can re- wants to reach out to us directly, that's not going to be using that 
uh, appraisal for a loan um, that wants you to simply know the property value that they have for for exactly like you said, just being seller ready. Um, they can absolutely reach us, reach out to us directly um, for for an appraisal as opposed to receiving um, an appraisal from a from a platform. Yeah, if you're getting market. financing and you want to, if you think you're saving time by ordering the appraisal yourself, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, we can, yeah, we you know for a host of reasons, but just just know you can't do it. Um, now RMS very well may get your business anyway um but that's just we we kind of handle that side of things and um but as far as title insurance goes you're absolutely free to pick whatever title company you want to work with yeah i think one of the misconceptions out there not even just a misconception but i think it's just the uh just just not knowing exactly what title insurance is on the retail side and the investor side is when you you actually can pick your own title company you know there's no the, if it's not really supposed to be forced on you or, or, I mean, you really should be given options or at least just know what's going on out there. And some lenders or attorneys do kind of really push certain people. And, you know, we try to be a little bit more transparent than that. And I, I usually say, look, here's a couple title companies I've worked with that, that we, that we've done good work with. Uh, I prefer maybe this one or that one, but at the end of the day, it's, it's up to you to decide. Yeah. I think, and I think too, is if the borrower themselves is deciding what title company to use, or if they trust their, you know, their various professional to refer the company. Um, I think the one thing that I've heard is just from friends that actually have just done retail purchases. They're like, yeah, I never even met a the title rep for my company. They they had somebody from the company do the closing, and and I'm like, yeah, I mean that's just the way it is sometimes. But you know, just the the buyers out there that are that are gonna watch this podcast, I highly recommend. And I'm not just saying to pitch myself. I highly recommend developing that relationship with a title company because you can absolutely pick your own company. And, you know, if you feel a relationship, again, it's a relationship business, you feel like that's the company you want to go with, I would highly recommend you pushing, hey, I want to use this realtor, this attorney, and I also have my title company, you know, so. And honestly, to be to be totally fair, I mean, even if someone's asking me for recommendations and they say, hey, I have a title company I've done 10 deals with, I'm probably not going to use Andrew because I'm just so comfortable. That's probably the best for you, right? I, absolutely. I, I, I would never sit here and try to steer an investor away that already has a relationship. You know, um, I, I'm here for anyone that doesn't have a relationship um, or, or is un, unfortunately unhappy with their company. You know, that's the way I like to try to, to uh, get business in that regard with you guys. You don't use your dashing good looks to earn business? No, and for, you know, my dashing good looks is already bringing me a little baby boy in a couple of weeks, so we got to... Uh, Congratulations, by you. the way. Thank you. I'd awesome. throw that out there for some pity deals if anybody went there to see that. So, <laughs> um, so, but no, I highly recommend, no, back to the attorney and realtor standpoint, that develop a relationship with the title company, feel comfortable with them, feel comfortable with their process, and... I think it's going to make the whole deal more transparent and get you to the closing table a lot faster. So, and as I said, just a side note, um, back to the, the scopes of work, and you're talking about relationships, is having a trusted contractor. A hundred percent. Yeah. Be weary of the contractor that gives you, you know, if you get like three one hundred thousand dollar budgets, and you get one at seventy thousand, be weary of that guy. A lot of times, I mean, they might mean well, but maybe they're new and just want to win the bid, mm -hmm. and then they get the bid and they start the work, and then oh, by the way, it's going to cost hundred thousand or hundred ten thousand, yeah. hundred twenty thousand, exactly. Well, kind of go, it kind of goes back to where you're cutting corners, you know what I mean? Like, just because exactly. you see a cheaper price doesn't mean it's going to be better. It really doesn't. It's just, you know. We have a really good friend that we went to high school with, that we grew up with, who uh, is a contractor now, and he's out of Ocean County. And he, he's told us, he said, like, I'm probably maybe not always the best fix and flip contractor because I do really, really good work. 
and it's I'm I'm usually middle of the road price and I'm not like your bargain basement, you know, yeah, contractor. Yeah. So which is probably what you do want anyway, but if you're looking for just to shop on price, I mean, I'd rather have someone like that who's who's up front with you. And if you're just shopping price, I mean, that you know, especially in the contracting world, that can get you into trouble. Well, you get what you pay for. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe we'll have him on the show, but he um, does excellent work, like really good work. So it's like, like, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was he basically said that as like, yeah, I'm never going to be the cheapest, but I don't think you want the cheapest. So um, mm-hmm. I don't see it as a bad thing at all. Right. Absolutely. I think, I think that goes with a, lot, with a lot of anything, really, to be honest with you. Um, but specifically contractors and, you know, I think attorneys, I think attorneys and contractors are the, um, from the investment standpoint are the, are the main things that if you're getting a low, um, a low ball offer, you're probably not going to get the quality from somebody that's yeah. your, your, your standard thousand to twelve fifty three you know, range, yeah. um, from the attorney's standpoint. So. And, and as we said, since title's heavily regulated, obviously service and execution is like, you know, what's most important. And my, my favorite thing about working with RMS is, I could call Andrew at like nine o'clock on a, on a whatever night it is and say, what is going on with this deal? And he's going to answer the phone. He said, and if, if he's either going to tell me what's going on or if he doesn't know, he says, I'm going to find out and call you back. And guess what? He calls me back and you wouldn't believe it. But if when other title companies that we work with, they don't do that. You can't get a hold of anybody. You're leaving voicemails, emails. They've been very unresponsive. I'm not just trying to push RMS. I'm just I'm just trying to say that you need a title company who is responsive and gets things done for you because they're definitely not all created equal. Well, well, the main thing, just to, I mean, I appreciate that very much. And and the main thing, though, for for me, and, and this is from from my sales standpoint, is being uh, relatively young and and relatively new to the title industry. You got title being so regulated. You got You got to have something different than than your your neighbor title company. You know, um, there's a uh, there's a lot of great title companies out there, but there's there is absolutely lack of communication in 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 every aspect. Not just not just real estate, but communication lacks. I think in in the world, unfortunately. Yeah. But I definitely if if you're working a nine to five that you're in New York City and on the subway home and get home at seven, but you're doing some passive income and you know, on a, on a, on a flip that you don't get home till eight 30 and you need to talk to, to me or, you know, or your contractor or your business partner, or whatever or your lender or your lender. Exactly. Yeah. Of course your lender. Um, you know, you gotta be available at that hour or, right. or at least you gotta, you know, not just necessarily a phone call cause, cause they might be coming home from work, but you might be out to dinner or maybe you're crashing early or whatever. You gotta be, you know, just maybe a quick text or something that, Hey, listen, I'll give you a call like seven o'clock in the morning tomorrow, and or I'll, or I'll touch base at nine fifteen when I get in the office at nine and try to look at the issues. So communication is key. I think for me, being new to the industry and young, I had to really set myself apart from some of the established title reps in the area. And I think the fact that I'm available twenty four seven, you know, that goes a long way. Absolutely, and I know you guys are too. I mean, we've I think we've communicated both ways at that hour of the night. So. And, and don't sell yourself short. I mean, obviously, you've done. Hundred probably hundreds of deals at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean things, you know, absolutely. Um, between the retail and investor side, you know, probably, you know, probably right on, you know, 150 deals, 200 deals are around. Um, so, you know, I'm starting to get my feet under me a little bit. Got a great client, you know, great client base. I mean, you guys are a value client for sure, obviously. And, uh, you know, I think the fact that we we have called each other at nine o'clock, it's not, it shows the value we have for each other. So, and, uh, you know, not not just make you guys special. I'll do it for anybody, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, but um, but no, you have to make yourself available, and you you know, 
It's a service industry. And whether you like it or not, I mean, real estate's a 24-7 business. I mean, Absolutely. Within reason. I mean, taking calls at midnight. If I'm that's, up, I'll take the, it. That's but. the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm doing a uh, an investment property in Belmar right now. It's uh, My family is actually boarding home. And uh, ironically enough, as we talk about being readily available, I partnered up with actually uh, with my, my boss, um, who will actually bust my chops that I'm, I'm actually his tenant now, which is kind of true, unfortunately. But uh um oh man i know it's brutal but no it's but uh it's, it's only a joke but uh um i actually got phone calls last night at like midnight and pictures sent to me from the uh and we're putting in you know new water lines and we had an issue with the water lines so when you're you got to be up and you got to be ready at any time that's know? right so but uh yeah it's absolutely a service industry and you got communication is the number one priority to uh you know maintain relationships in the service industry so if um, you want to answer something? Well, no, I was gonna say, um, do you want to plug in how they can reach you? I mean, we'll have it in the in the, the man, video. Corey, we're on the same page today. Oh, we're, oh, we're, you we're guys, LinkedIn. You guys are like, you guys are the best, man. So, so yeah, uh, so my cell phone's always available. Whether it's Tyler or Prazel, give me a call seven three two two three three nine four six six. Email is Andrew at rmsta.com. Our website's rmsta.com. Um, we have a great website that we revamped over the last couple of months. Uh, the title calculator, I think, is our is our coolest part on there. It's very simple, and you can really, from budgeting perspectives, you can uh, absolutely get a good idea of what you're going to be budgeting for title. We're going to link all that stuff in the show notes for awesome. this page. It'll be floating probably right here. Yeah, I like right here. In the video. Yeah. yeah. And then also, too, whatever, if you get an email and see this, you will probably have all your information listed there. So cool. make sure to save that email if, if you get this, and uh, you know that way you can reach out to Andrew. And and even if you don't have a deal yet, it might not be a bad idea to shoot Andrew an email or give him a call and just kind of let him know what you're doing. And you know that way you have um, at least some some relationship before uh, before you have a deal, so you kind of have your ducks in a row ahead of time. Yeah, whether whether it's, whether it's just your traditional retail side of anyone that might just catch us on social media or or the investment standpoint, you know, feel free to reach out if you're thinking about buying. Um, I'd be happy to drop the quote for you. Uh, I mean, it's right on our website, but happy to help out whatever I can with title and the appraisal side. And, uh, you know, I don't want you guys to sell yourself short either, though. You know, you guys, you guys are, you know, I mean, I know you guys are like pitching me hard here. I appreciate it, but you guys aren't that bad yourselves, you know, so thanks, man. <laughs> So. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. No, absolutely, guys. I appreciate it. We have to. We haven't done this yet. We're kind of ad libbing here, but we have to figure out a question that we ask every guest at the end of the show. Oh man! Like how much you bench or something? I don't know. We just have to. <laughs> I, I mean, if you see this frame, I mean, it's like four hundred pounds. So that's what I figured. You know. But uh, yeah, how do you feel about the Second Amendment? No, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Can I plead the fifth? So. Yeah, use the fifth. Yeah, we, there we, you go. there's no political. There's, there's no political debates here. So. It's funny, uh, if the borrower is, is left-leaning, so is Andrew. And if they're right-leaning, so is Andrew. It's funny how that works. <laughs> I'm a Democrat and a Republican. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, so, uh, uh, all right, so, so you have Andrew's title, title info, um, contact info for title. And um, obviously, uh, our info will be there as well. So uh, please reach out to us if we can ever be of help. And uh, thank you for coming on. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. shoot. Uh, if anyone's going down to the NBA, shoot me a text or we'll, we'll all get together we'll down up, there yeah. too. So. Good time. Good stuff, man. Hey, Thanks, man. Brother. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. And we're out.